Hello and welcome to the first full-length edition of the Chippewa Herald Sports Podcast. I am Chippewa Herald Sports Editor Brandon Berg, and I am very excited for our first interview we have today. Thank you all who listened up to our inaugural episode, which was more of an introduction, but still counts as an episode, I guess, nonetheless. But um, and, and thank you for however you're, you're listening to us. There's a lot of ways you can do it, and all you got to do is search out the Chippewa Herald Sports Podcast on pretty well any um, podcast place that you you get yours at and you should be able to find us. So we're we're happy that you're joining us here. And this week for our first full-length episode, episode kind of following the guest topic format that I, I, I'd like to be following with this, at least for the vast majority of the episodes, it's a good one. This is someone that I was really at the top of my list when I wanted to sit down and talk with somebody. And that was a longtime Triple Falls football coach, Chuck Rakovich. And, you know, Coach Rako is someone that I'm sure we could pretty much talk about any topic and he would have a, you know, a lot of really fun and very interesting, very knowledgeable things to say. But for him, I, I figured there's no better place to start than w- with something that he's, him and his football teams have become synonymous with, and that's the double wing offense. So, you know, in this episode, we're going to kind of deep dive into that a little bit. And, you know, when someone who is, you know, just wrapping up his 34th year of coaching at Chippewa Falls and I believe 46 overall as a coach, a man that's won close to 250 games as a coach is among the, you know, the state's all-time leader in wins. Already a Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Famer, also a Hall of Famer at his, or his college alma mater, UW-Superior. You're going to hear him talk a little bit about that and how that kind of you know, gave him one of his first and major introductions to the uh, double wing offense. Uh, most recently, he was uh, named the Margin Dick Rundle Positive Influence in Coaching Award, award winner, an award that comes out from the Wisconsin Football Coach Association. And um, little, I guess a little, you know, companion listening if you want to as well. Uh, recently, Coach Rako appeared on the WFCA's radio show. So if you want to search that out, if you go to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association's website and look up the April 11th episode, you can hear him. And he goes into detail and talks about you know some of the things he's talked to me about in the past, whether it be the, the Veterans Appreciation Night that the, the football team runs each fall, which is just it's just such a tremendous event. And to see how it's grown in the, in the short period of time they've had it has been just kind of able to fund to watch from the periphery as I'm able to do and see all the you know, the great things that they're that they're able to do for, for veterans in need. And you know, he talks a little bit about kind of their captain's project um, initiative that they've gone through in recent years of how they pick captains and, and you know, the, the projects that come along with that. A couple of you know, really cool things that, you know, Chippewa Falls has done that, you know, now I think, you know, hopefully people are seeing it on a bigger stage as well. But, you know, Coach Rako and I talk about a bunch of different stuff when it comes to our, our double win conversation where he first came across the offense, you know what he likes about the offense, what do you think some of the keys are for a successful offense, maybe certain traits and things you look for from players when they're playing per, you know certain spots. And for all of you, you know you either you younger coaches out there or maybe you co- coaches that are thinking about switching and going to the double wing route, he kind of gives you a little bit of advice of you know some of the things it takes and and, and some of the the pointers he would give someone. It's you know, I can't think of a better person that can speak to more about this topic than he can. So, you know, we're going to go now live to that interview. And, you know, once that interview is over, you'll be hopping back here with me where I'll kind of 
wrap it up a little bit. We'll get a sneak peek at our, our next guest who you'll be hearing coming up here next week on the Chip World Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Triple Herald Sports Podcast. I'm Triple Herald Sports Editor Brennan Berg, and with us today we have Chai Football Coach Chuck Reykovich, a Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame inductee and the most recent honoree by the organization with the Margin Dick Rundle Positive Influence and Coaching Award. Coach Reiko, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Brandon. I, I hope you are too. I am too. Thank you. Well, um, you know, one of the things I kind of wanted to do with this podcast is I wanted to be able to talk to some people in the Chippewa Valley, kind of be able to deep dive into some areas of expertise for them. And, you know, I kind of sat down with my list and kind of, you know, went through it and figured out who and what. You were one of the first. And I'm excited to get to talk to you today about the double wing offense. I mean, it's certainly, a, you know, something that you have a lot of a lot of knowledge about. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, I guess, when were you first introduced to the double wing? I'll tell you what, Brandon, this goes back a long time. It goes back to my college days. When I, when I was playing college football, I, for two years I played for Monty Charles, who was, uh, he was a shotgun, uh, aerial raid, uh, throw the ball every down. And then my junior and senior year, we got a new coach up there, and he, he ran the double wing. So then comes along my high school career, coaching career, and I, I started with the double wing, and it was a little, I shouldn't say a little, it was quite a bit different than what, what we're doing now, but... Uh, from there, I got into the wishbone, and I was really deep into the wishbone and uh, came to the conclusion that, man, if you don't have a talented quarterback, at least two of them, you're probably going to run into trouble sooner or later. So I switched to the eye bone, and that was when Randy Martin was, uh, was uh, you know, all-state uh, running back for Chai, one of the best that's ever played. And I ran the eyeball just to get get the ball to him. And then all of a sudden, Randy graduates. We don't have another Randy Martin. So I was looking for something else. And uh, this card came in the mail. As you know, as coaches, we get a lot of flyers, uh, people trying to sell you different things. And this was just a one little postcard uh, about this double-wing offense. And I, I don't know. I just threw it aside. And, and uh season ended, and Bloomer was still getting ready for the playoffs and coach van gordon was was coaching then and and i i left school and we were done and went down to watch bloomer practice and coaches was playing around with this double wing and he said you know you got to take a look at it so i dove into it i i did more than that i i flew out to california i spent a week at uh at uh it was the most unusual thing i've ever seen there were six high schools that spent four days in in uh well, mid mid California, doing nothing but contact drills and scrimmages three three times a day. So, I, I learned a lot from Don Markham, the guy that kind of they, they say invented it. And then I uh, I uh, got tied up with with Hugh Wyatt, who was also one of the early mover and shakers of uh, of the double wing. As a matter of fact, we flew Hugh in. I think it was right around I don't know ninety eight, ninety seven, something like that. Uh, we flew him in for a week and uh, and uh, put him to work at one of our camps. So I've got a long history with the double wing, Brandon. And, you know, once you got it, I mean, you mentioned it was around that time, you know, that late 90s. I know I think it was that 99 team that you had that had a, just a, you know, a tremendous run, I believe, if I remember correctly, to the, to the third round of the playoffs there. And um, I guess what was it that you liked the more you saw about it? The thing that I like about the double wing is it goes back to – 
my belief in high school football in that you, you tend to have a lot of running backs. And I, I didn't want a one-back offense. I didn't want a tailback offense and leave kids out that were also good running backs. I've always believed in a three-back offense, which the wishbone is, as well as a double wing. So, uh, you know, it, it, it fits well with the kind of the kids that we have in, in uh, northern Wisconsin. We can't practice year-round. Matter of fact, we can only practice during our prescribed season plus five days in the summer, which it looks like we're going to lose this year. So, uh, you know, I, I just fell in love with that for that reason. And I guess for those of you that are listening that, you know, maybe uh, you aren't familiar with the double wing, um, essentially it's a, you know, you've got your five down linemen, you got tight ends on the outside of the tackles, and you got uh, wing back, two wing backs kind of off the outside shoulders and back a little bit from the tight ends with a quarterback under center and a fullback. So, um, you know, as I guess, what are kind of, you, what are some of the keys to kind of being able to run a successful offense with this? Because you guys have done it for a while and you guys have been successful with it for a while. Well, let's, let's, not try to fool anybody if you don't have an offensive line it doesn't matter what you run so it all starts with linemen and that, you know we've been blessed with very good linemen at, in Chippewa Falls and you know to put those kids to work they love they love the double wing they get to pull and blindside people and run downfield that you know they're not just setting up for pass blocking or zone blocking all the time they get to move they get to they get to you know lead that running back into the end zone quite a bit and that's what you hear a lot with linemen is they like run blocking more than pass blocking because you're going forward instead of going back. Exactly. And when when you when you're when you're a big guy, it's a little bit easier to go forward than to go backwards. So, um, and you mentioned that you know it's you know you 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 guys have had a lot of those big linemen, but at the same time, it's not a matter of just you know being big to be an offensive lineman. You mentioned there's trapping, there's pulling, there's other stuff that goes into it. You have to be you have to be pretty fleet of foot too. Oh, absolutely. I, I think. Any coach will tell you that if you have a team of 190-pounders that can bench press 350 pounds and squat 400 pounds, you're probably not going to lose a game. <laughs> it's, just, it's, all, it's moving your feet. And, you know, this goes back to a – tell you a comment that late Link Walker, the great coach at UWO, Claire always said, and Eddie Watkins, one of my coaches, one of my assistants, my longtime defensive coordinator, always used to say that Link's favorite – famous saying was, if you can lift, I, I don't care if you can lift the roof off McPhee, if you can't move your feet, you can't play for me. I've never forgot that. That's a great quote. It's always fun when the best lines rhyme, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And then when it comes to your wingbacks, I mean, you've got, you know, two wingbacks that are, you know, they're doing a lot of lateral movement, not just, you know, straight ahead. And that's, you know, kind of a little different than you'll see with some offenses. But at the same time, I mean, it's just... It seems like that lateral quickness is kind of a big thing for your wingbacks, too. Oh, it is. And there was a time, and we've got to go back uh, half a dozen years or so, where that lateral movement got us in trouble. And that's when, you know, we were primarily playing on natural turf surfaces. And you get into a wet, muddy game, it's hard, 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 hard to get positive yards when, you, when you've got to move laterally first. Well, now comes the fact that uh, we don't play any games unless they're on, on turf. Everybody in our league has turf, and, and that uh, lateral movement, it doesn't matter if it's raining or muddy. We don't need mud anymore. It, uh, it's just part of our offense, and the weather doesn't affect it anymore. 
and as far as you know, somebody on that you know out of that back group that's going to be most likely to kind of plow straight ahead. That's the fullback. I mean, you know, it seems like over the years that when you've had you know the really good teams, a lot of times fullbacks kind of you know they're more of the dirty work kind of people. But at the same time, with you guys, they're definitely players that are kind of you know getting their fair share of carries too. Because it's I imagine above all else, it's very important to kind of to keep teams honest. Well, you, you have to use a fullback, otherwise it's not a three-back offense. And from a defensive perspective, if you only have to prepare for two-back, it's a whole lot easier than, than you have that third guy in there. And, and then maybe throw in the quarterbacks, so and now you got a four-back offense. So, you know, the, 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 here's another one of my favorite things, and you ask any of my coaches, and they're going to tell you, they'll laugh, and they'll say, yeah, that's Coach Rachel's favorite. And that's this. The good thing about football is all the things you can do with it. The bad part of football is all the things you can do with it. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much you can do with an offense like the double wing, but we got to be careful and not, and not uh, dilute it to the point where it isn't our offense anymore. And really one of the things I've noticed kind of just the more I've watched football, especially football around here, is that it's I think it's a lot more versatile of an offense than people give it credit for because you can see kind of I can think of three teams you know in this area just off the top of my head that all run the double wing but they do it distinctively different you know you guys you know you mentioned with you know kind of the, the three the three back offense and you move the quarterback in there as well you look at a team like Rice Lake that you know is more of a triple option team out of it and then a team like Eau Claire Regis which a lot of times will treat the quarterback essentially like another fullback Again, yeah, it, it, you know, the good thing about football is all the things you can do with it. And, and, and the thing about us is, let's go back to when John Erickson was a sophomore in high school. You probably weren't around when John was here, but John was just an exceptional quarterback. And we started we started throwing the ball out of spread. We were, you know, people say, oh, they don't know how to pass. They don't pass the ball enough. Well, back then, we were the first in the area to, to start putting the spread offense in and we did it with John and we took our lumps his sophomore year but John was also that architect his senior year that it was a level three run that we had and and I I remember we uh, we played uh, that school down by Madison I forget the name of the Baraboo we played Baraboo in level two of the playoffs and we, we handled them pretty good uh, they had a they, they were running the I formation with a with the tailback, who was first team all state, and we held him to I think it was 28 yards total offense, and we put up some some big numbers running the ball and also going to the spread. And I ran into their coaches down at Madison at the at Daniel Clinic, and and they said, you know, coach, it, it's just so hard to prepare for your spread and these tight stuff. So, uh, you know, it goes back to when, like I said, when John Erickson was a sophomore. We've been doing more than just a double wing, but obviously our double wing is what we hang our hat on. And you know, you're right. I mean, John, you know, that, that Erickson team was before my time, but the team that wasn't was your team in 2015. And it seemed like it was kind of similar then, where I think it was your second game of the year against Medford, where you guys came out and threw for more than 200 yards in the first half. And you said after the game that, you know, we wanted to be able to show that we could in case we need to. Oh, right. Right. And, and you know, it's, People don't understand, but the passing game is not simple. It's there's a lot to it, you, you know. And you and what they forget about is the two important things: you got to have kids. Number one, they can catch a ball, and number two, you got to protect for that quarterback. Doesn't matter how good a quarterback he is with his arm and his accuracy. 
if you got kids that can't catch or a line that won't protect, you're in trouble. And it seems like you know a lot of times out of the double wing, when when you guys are throwing, it's off play action, and more often than not, you you, you can catch somebody napping for a big one. Well, that's what we do, and I, you know you'd mentioned Regis before, and they're really good at that. They're you know they they seem to have the knack of picking that time to do that play action pass and turn it into a big game. But uh, yeah, it's part of our offense. I guess if you know when you guys kind of you know when you guys are kind of evaluating kind of who you've got and where they're going, I guess what are some of the traits that you look for for certain kids? Be you know whether they're playing on the line or they're a tight end or they're maybe a wingback. I guess what are some of the the different traits you look for out of players when you kind of figure out who's going where? Well, we like to have a big center, and the reason we like to have a big strong center is because a lot of a lot of teams think if they can. I'd snap the ball, push our center back, it'll screw up or pull with our guard tackle. So we have to have a strong center. And we look at our guards, they've got to have the quickest feet, and then our tackles, they've got to, you know, second quickest feet. We look for tight ends that can block. They're like, a, you know, a glorified tackle, basically. Same as a fullback. Our fullback has to be a tough, strong kid that likes to block. Uh, well, let's face it. Our wingbacks do too. If we have wingbacks that won't block for each other, we're, we're not very good. And there's some years where people may not notice it, but we are very aware of it that we're, if we run one way, we get a lot more yards than we run the other. And people sometimes say, well, he's a better running back. No, that's not what happens. What really happened was the reason we weren't getting as much yard the other way is because the other running back wasn't as good a blocker. So... Our wingbacks have to be able to block. Uh, that's basically it. I guess if there's any coaches out there that were listening that were thinking about maybe going towards a, a double-wing style offense, I guess what advice would you give them? Well, first off, whatever you're going to run, you gotta, you got to buy it. you got to get into it. you got to believe it. You have to live it. You have to learn everything you can about it. And you have to dive in feet first right up to your head. You can't do anything half. You can't say, well, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna play around with a double wing and see if it works. It, it won't. It won't work if you don't dive into it. So if you're going to get into it, get a hold of somebody who's done it for a while, ask questions, look at their film, and uh, get good at it. And that's the only way that you can do that. Now, Nick Bull, one of my players and, and coaches, is now the head coach at Ducano Falls. Uh, he's running a double wing, and, and he had growing pains the first couple of years, but you watch out next year, he's going to be uh, hes loaded. He's going to have a great team over there, and he's going to have great success. What are some of the growing pains that you, you, you might get early on? Is it just a matter of kind of getting kids to kind of, you know, pull together and just essentially kind of getting the, the basics of it down? Well, you know, it's like, I guess it's like any offense. If you got the, if you got the horses... Most offenses are going to work. Uh, you know, if you, if you have a team that's young, not very strong, not very experienced, you're going to have trouble with whatever you do. So, you know, let's let's not fool ourselves. We, we, we're really good. We have experienced kids at all the positions, and they're usually strong. And that says it all right there. Uh, I guess uh, kind of, you know, getting close to the end here, I guess finish, you know, getting close to the end. Um, what would you say are some of the main strengths of the double wing? If you were, if, you know, someone were to say, okay, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, why should I do it? What would you say are kind of the, the biggest strengths that a team can get out of it? Yeah, great question. And, and there's a lot of reasons. Number one, we have to remember that 
You were working with high school kids. High school kids that today their classes are a whole lot more advanced than a lot of people our age and, and not much younger than us. They got their plate full. And to put something in complicated, it's a disservice to those kids. Number one, it takes too much of their time that, that they have so little of and, and and if if they're not successful with it, they're gonna they're gonna they don't like it and they, they won't perform. So I think the double wing is I don't want to say it's simple it's not a simple offense, but it's not long enough so we know how you know what short cut to take what things to not do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's something that we start in our middle school. Our middle school kids run it. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of our youth teams run it. So there, it, it's uh, from way down, coming up to the top. They run the offense. They get to learn it. They get their feet wet. Uh, it's very deceptive for lower levels. Uh, with the counters that are involved in that offense, there's a lot of big runs and a lot of touchdowns scored, and, and kids, kids learn to love it. Uh, same as coaches. Let's talk about coaches. Uh most of your high school coaches, especially ours now, we they, they all have young family, and the last thing they want to do is is take too much time away from their families with some complicated offense that takes hours to teach, to learn, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, our coaches know it; it's not that complicated because they know it, and I, I kids love it. I don't know if fans may not like it. They like it when we score touchdowns, but uh, uh, it's versatile, and, and we we know it so well that that we can dive into a spread now and then because, heck, you know, I've done it. This is kind of what I do the first day of practice when it comes to offensive time. I line the kids up, and I we run our basic plays. I just call a play, and we run it. They, they haven't run it since last fall. I'll go in there, and I'll call 88 power. Boom, they do it. I'll call it a counter. Boom, they do it. So they know it, and, you know, why would you want to get out of that? No doubt, no doubt. So I guess then kind of finishing up here, I guess is there anything else that maybe I didn't ask about when it comes to the double wing that you think might be important for you know, fans or coaches or anyone else to know? Oh, boy. it's You know, I, I, I guess for the fans, if they learn it, if, if, they, if they know what we're trying to do, if they look at defenses, and, you know, it's not a secret, I can tell you this, we will run what the defense gives us. So if they, if we got a great running back at on the left side and they stack the right side, we're going to run a lot to the left side. So uh, fans, if they learn how defenses are trying to stop us and, and they can say, uh-oh, here, I know what they're going to run next. You're on a counter back or whatever. You know, that's important. I, I really think our kids love it, our coaches love it, and, and uh, you know, we're going to stick with it. I forget who said it, but I think it might have been John Gruden that said the best feeling in football is being able to run the ball and knowing the defense can't stop you. Well, let's put it to you this way. If you're playing defense and all of a sudden you're, you're holding them, you're holding them, and they throw a long pass and they, they complete a long pass, you go back to Hull and you say, ah, oh, they got lucky. That won't happen again. But if you're getting pounded every down, if you're getting five, six, four yards at a crack, and you can't stop that offense, there's nothing more. <laughs> I mean, you talk about teams that want to quit. That's when it happens. I just want to tell you a quick little story here. 
back in one of our uh, level three runs. It might have been in 99 when we were playing, I think it was Appleton North. Mike Elkin was, was uh, you know, a chai-high guy and one of our coaches. He was over, he, he's over in that uh, Nina area. And we got beat by, by Appleton by, it was like a close game. It was a six-point game, and it was very physical. And the next week, Appleton went on, and, and they got they got hammered. And I don't know, a couple weeks later, Mike Elkin was getting ready for hockey. They had some open skates, and their big fullback, who was uh, signed to go to, to Iowa, was skating. And Mike got to talking about that Chai High Appleton North game, and he said, you know, he didn't do, do too well after that Chai High game. What happened? And he said, Coach, we've never been hit so hard. We were so sore. We were so beat up after playing them that there's no way that we're going to win that game. He said it would have been better off if Chip would have won because they were more physical than we were. And that's all learned from the double wing. All righty. Well, that's a, that's a good note to end it on. Well, Coach Rico, I, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes here. And, you know, we, we don't know what the next few weeks or months are going to bring, but hopefully one thing we do know is hopefully by the time we get to August, we know that that will bring football because that's always fun. Right. Brandon, everything's out of, out of our control. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't worry about that. We can't sit and fret about it. We just have to live our life, stay healthy, and what comes comes. And if you know what it is, is what it is, and we're going to live with it. That's all there is. Sooner or later, down the road, we're going to be back on the field. We don't know when, but we're going to be there. All right, sounds great. Well, thank you very much, Coach, for chatting with me today. Have a good have a good time, and we'll talk to you soon. And there you have it. My interview with Chippewa Falls football coach Chuck Rakovich as we're able to to get inside a little bit on the on the double wing offense from someone who knows it as well as anyone. You know, a Hall of Fame coach bringing able to bring that Hall of Fame perspective on the things he likes, the things he looks for, and how even you know, as he's a coach, as approaching fifty years coaching in the sport, you know, he's always looking to get better. He's always looking for ways he can tweak and adjust and do things. And that's I think that's going to be the mark you're going to find of any any coach of that caliber. So, you know, this is our, this is our first episode and I'm, I'm really excited for what we were able to provide. I think we got a lot of good stuff here coming up in our, you know, our remaining episodes here, the first season. So I'm going to kind of, and leave you guys here today with a, with a teaser for our next interview. And that comes next week. And that comes from McDonald volleyball coach, Kat Hansen. Kat made a name Raceler, which is going to be a familiar name for, I think anyone that's ever, you know, been around McDonald. Or, or Triple Falls for that matter. And, and the Raceler family is as intertwined as any family I can think of in any prep sports program in the Triple Valley. Kat's mom, Deb, founded the McDonald Volleyball Program in the mid-70s and built it up into a Wissa State chan- champion, a, a perennial power in, in, in that sport. You know, Took it over into the, in the WIA days in the 21st century. Uh, Deb passed away suddenly in 2003 and... Eventually, Cat, after a successful collegiate career at UW Stout, returned to McDonald to coach the team, led the team to a state title. You know, has you know, has had a long time um, unique perspective on things because she also has you know for many of those years, including I believe that state ch- championship year, she had her dad Steve, who himself you know is such an influential person and a highly respected person, as highly respected as I think anyone I've ever come across since I've been here. You know, with what he's been able to do, you know, through teaching and through athletics at McDonald, but you know, them being able to share a, 
you know, a state championship season together in 2009, still, you know, six years removed from, from, from Deb's passing, you know, a very emotional time. But, um, and, and now to this day, Kat has, you know, left and then returned as the head coach after a stint also as a co-coach with her sister, Carrie, who also played for, you know, for, for, for their mom. So being able to kind of dig deep with Kat onto the, you know, what it's like to be around a program like that, what it's like to be around, you know, when your mom is building up an elite program of that caliber. And then, you know, maybe some of the, the pressures that come with returning to the program, if she kind of felt those things and then just being able to kind of, you know, reflect on some of her experiences that 2009 state championship year and, you know, the things that still drive her today. So I uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Triple World Sports Podcast. And now we're going to leave you today with a little taste of what you can expect coming up next week. And you're also someone that's in a bit of a unique spot, too, because you played for your mom, played for your dad. But now you've been able to coach with your dad. You've been able to be a co-coach with your sister, Carrie, I guess. What are some of the biggest things, the biggest experiences, the biggest positives that come with that? And maybe also some of the things that, you know, took a little getting used to. Well, my dad and I are very different. Um, I am very animated on the sidelines. I'm thankful I don't have to watch myself coach. Um, it just kind of happens. And my dad is more relaxed, sits back a little bit more, and carries the same way. They are intense nonetheless. It just looks different. Um, so I think that, that aspect is very different, but I think it balances itself out. My dad is the first one to probably remind me of what's important when I get caught up in the moment of a game or when we have tough conversations that we need to have. Um, you know, he's a person I lean on. When I'm picking teams at the beginning of the season and those couple of days are so rough, you know, you're going to break hearts and there's just hard decisions. And he's the one there to help remind us and put stuff in perspective. And that um, opinion and perspective is so appreciated because I know that he's got so much experience and that comes from him and my mom. Um, 